Friends, grace and peace to you in Jesus' name. Pastor Steve Bowman was one of the special guests at our Synod Assembly this last weekend. It's this big, nerdy, Lutheran meeting thing that some of us had to go to. It was a lot of fun. And Steve told a story about his grandmother, about how she was nearing the end of her baptismal journey, and dementia had taken away most of her memory. She could no longer recognize family or friends, but Steve still visited, and and one time Steve visited bringing communion. And as he gave his grandmother the bread and the wine and said those powerful words, she looked at him, her eyes clouded with age, and she said, I'm not sure I know you, but I think you belong to me. I'm not sure I know you, but I think you belong to me. Mike and Joey were brothers, just barely a year apart. Mike was older and adopted. Joey was younger and not. It was just a part of their life together. It was a totally normal thing in their family, and so they talked about it wherever they went. It was the end of the year ice cream social at the elementary school where they went, and Mike and Joey were standing in line with their parents, and across the table was another kid from their class with his mom. And the mom kept looking at Mike and Joey and then looking at the parents, looking at Mike and Joey, and then looking at the parents. It was obvious what she was doing. And so Mike and Joey's mom said, excuse me, do I know you? She said, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bother. I, it's just, they both look so much like you, and I was just trying to figure out which one is really yours. And Mike and Joey's mom looked at her and she said, oh, excuse me, these are both my sons. Really? And she said, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, but I mean, you, you know what I mean, right? And Mike and Joey's mom said, oh, I know exactly what you mean. I'm wondering if you know what I mean. I'm not sure I know you, but I think you belong to me. Benny was raised by a single mom. She did her best. She had a whole host of physical and mental health problems, a classic case of arrested development. She just wasn't prepared to be a mom. Then he had a friend at school, and he went over to his house sometimes, and the Andersons, his parents, they just really loved Benny, and they encouraged Benny. It was the Andersons' house where Benny would go for dinner when Mom just simply forgot to buy groceries that week. It was the Andersons' house where Benny would get help on his homework, and and they bought him science books, cool science books, to, to encourage him in his passion for physics and chemistry. And Benny grew up, and he went off to college, and he went off to grad school, and he moved around a lot, but he came home to visit. And he was in grad school and came home, and he was at his mom's house, and he looked at the refrigerator, and and there was a scrap of paper with his name and address. It was like four addresses ago. He hadn't lived in that apartment. Heck, he hadn't lived in that state for years. But he went to visit the Andersons, And there on their refrigerator was his senior picture from high school next to a piece of paper with his name and current address inscribed with a heart. 
right there in prominent location, right next to their son. And they said, hey, can we have another picture of you? It's been a while, and this one's getting old. And Benny's heart both broke and was filled to bursting. Not sure I know you, but I think you belong to me. When I was a pastor out in Denver, one Sunday morning, Hank came to church. Hank always came to church early wearing a suit. He was that guy. Hank was one of the older white folks who drove in from the suburbs. They'd been members for a long time, but had long since moved out of the neighborhood, but they came back for church. Hank was an usher. I loved Hank. Hank came up to me that Sunday morning. He said, Pastor, where's Carlos? Carlos was a neighbor kid who had come over to play one evening while the confirmation class was having fun out on the lawn, and and he stuck around, and Carlos came every Sunday, and and Hank taught Carlos how to be an usher, and he loved it. And, and Carlos read in worship. He had impeccable English and was fluent in Spanish and could help translate for our neighbors as they came in for help or looking for information or to be a part of the church. But one Sunday summer, Carlos just disappeared. And Hank wanted to know where he'd gone. I said, well, Hank, it's, it's kind of a funny and terrible story. You see, last week, a couple of Mormon missionaries were in our neighborhood, and they were knocking on doors, and you know, we don't get a lot of white folks in black suits walking the streets in this community, and so they thought for sure it was immigration. And so they packed up and left. We think they're in Wyoming. We're not totally sure, but they just got scared. And Hank looked at me with this quizzical look on his face and he said, wait a minute, Carlos is an illegal? And I said, well, I like to think of Carlos as my neighbor, my confirmation student, and no offense, but really one of our best ushers. But yeah, he and his family do not have the right documents to live here. And he looked at me and he said, well, Are there others? I said, Hank, over half of our neighbors in this community are undocumented. It's complicated. He just kind of looked at me. He said, well, I miss Carlos. He said, me too. Not sure I know you, but I think you belong to me. Joan wasn't quite the little girl her parents had dreamed she would be when she was born. She didn't play with the same toys other girls played with. She didn't wear the same clothes. Didn't seem to like the same things. And so it wasn't terribly surprising, but they weren't quite prepared when, in her late teens, she sat them down and said, Mom and Dad, I'd like you to call me John. And since I'm still a minor, I need you to take me to the doctor and I want to talk about options for transition. They didn't quite know what to do with this information, but they loved this daughter, who in that moment became their son. And they did their best. And they're still doing their best. I'm not sure I know you, but I think you belong to me. 
Jack was getting angrier and angrier as he drove to church that morning. He was looking for a new church. He'd just moved to town. His blood pressure was rising as he was driving behind a a big pickup truck that was plastered with bumper stickers that were just tailor-made to make Jack angry, including one big one in the middle that said Trump. Jack was not feeling great. And so imagine his surprise when they pulled into the parking lot of the same church. Jack wondered if this was really a place where he was going to feel okay. And then he watched as the white gentleman, tall, got out of his pickup and opened the door and let out his African-American son. And they came in and they took their places as ushers. He quickly discovered that his son was fairly extreme on the autism spectrum, but nobody seemed to care about his outbursts and his movements. In fact, he was treated as a prince of the congregation. And later in the service, when it was time for announcements, that that guy from the pickup truck with the Trump bumper sticker, he got up and he pled with the congregation because they needed more volunteers to serve the meal at the homeless shelter that night. He said, really, guys, you think you're going there to serve, but you're being served by them. They're just wonderful people, and they teach us everything, because the Bible says they wear the face of Christ. And Jack sat there in his pew, feeling a little bit ashamed of himself, and more than a little confused. This was not the Trump supporter that he had met on Facebook, but he volunteered to serve the meal that night. And they became very good friends. I'm not sure I know you, but I think you belong to me. Today is the festival of Pentecost. It is the birthday of the church. It's the day we remember when the Holy Spirit equipped and enabled the early church to get out of their doors and to speak all the languages of the earth. So that every nation, every person, nobody would be left out of what God was doing in the world. So that everyone could hear the story of God's good news in Jesus Christ. And it was terrifying, and it was confusing, and it was disorienting. For suddenly they had to change everything they felt about all of these different neighbors of theirs. And suddenly they were all a part of one crazy-looking body that didn't always understand each other or recognize one another. And yet, by the Holy Spirit, they belong to each other. If you've been here over the last few weeks, you've been reading the book of Galatians, a book about this gift and challenge of being made one family in the waters of baptism with people that are sometimes hard to know, hard to recognize. Hard to understand. And yet, the gift that they and we are adopted. Right? That, that God, from the very beginning, has longed to have you as a part of God's family. And that God in the waters of baptism has adopted you as a child. And as one who comes from an adopted family, that makes you a very real child as real as any child could be. As Paul writes, you're not just children, you're heirs. 
Heirs of the promise. This inheritance is for you. All that God has to promise belongs to you and belongs to those to whom you belong, which is everybody. As the great African-American theologian Pete Carroll, who died just a year ago this week, was so fond of saying, in the church, water is thicker than blood. Because it is in the waters of baptism that we are bound together with a bond that transcends all that other stuff. Bloodline and parentage, race, class, gender, political ideology, citizenship and paperwork, all of that is secondary to what God has done in these waters. And what God does in this meal. That every time we gather and the Spirit gathers with us, we are whipped up again, bound together as one. Such that when we see each other, it might sometimes feel like, I'm not sure I know you. But you belong to me. Because we belong to God. And we always will. And thanks be to God for that. Amen.